الحمد لله الحمد لله خالق الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم فملقي التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم بالشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيدي ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أسكنوهن من حيث سكنتم من وجدكم ولا تضاروهن لتضيقوا عليهن وإن كن أولات حمل فأنفقوا عليهن حتى يضعن حملهن فإن أرضعن لكم فآتوهن أجورهن وأتمروا بينكم بمعروف وإن تعاصرتم فسترضع له أخرى لينفق ذو ساعة من ساعته ومن قدر عليه رزقه فلينفق مما آتاه الله لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا ما آتاها سيجعل الله بعد عسر يسرا رب الشحل صدري ويسر لي أمري وحد العقدة من لسان يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us lots of kinds of rizq in this world. And one of the most amazing rizq he gave us is the spouse. The husband to the wife and the wife to the husband. Adam alayhi salam was placed in Jannah. And in Jannah, Allah said to him, Uskun anta wa zawjuka al-Jannah wakula minha raghadan haythu shi'tuma. Allah mentioned the rizq of the spouse first. And then he mentioned, you can eat whatever you want in Jannah. So even in describing his life in Jannah, he said, settle down in peace, you and your spouse. And now both of you eat. And we know, human beings know a thing or two about joy. You can have a lot of money, you can have social status, you can have people's respect, you can have the best clothes, the best car, you can go on the best vacation, but if you're there alone, and nobody's around, and you're sitting in the, the nicest hotel room on the earth, but you're sitting there alone, there's something missing in your joy. Allah even describes in Surah An-Nisa, one of the tortures of Jahannam 
in the words Khalidan fiha is a impl by implication that one of the tortures of Jahannam is that a person will be alone. They'll feel like they're, they're the only one there. In fact, one of the kinds of torture in this life is called solitary confinement. Like if a prisoner, they're already in jail, but if they mess up even more, if they do something that you know, uh, makes the warden of the prison angry, then they get thrown in solitary confinement where they don't get to talk to anybody. And that is another, it's ab above and beyond the physical pain or the, the, the you know, imprisonment, there's a psychological imprisonment in being alone. In fact, depression, anxiety, you know, so many of the neg and even suicidal thoughts, a lot of them have to do with a person feeling like they're the only one, they're alone. I traveled quite a bit and one of the things I like to do is just try to understand what Muslim youth are going through. So I was at a school in an Arab country not too long ago and I surveyed a bunch of uh, young girls. There were about 400 of them and I asked them, you know, uh, tell me, I, I just want to know what you feel most of the time. And you know, usually they have these girls and the principal is there and the, the teachers are there and the cameras are on and they're not gonna speak. I said, I'm just going to go and just have a conversation with you. No mic, no camera, just tell me. And the most common answer I got was I feel alone or I'm afraid of being alone. I'm terrified of being alone. And Allah Azza wa knows that he created the human being. Even the name for the human being is Al-Insan, which has the word uns in it. It has the word love, compassion, companionship in it. We are creatures unlike other creatures, other creatures find a mate just for biological reasons. We don't just want to be with somebody for biological reasons. We want to be with somebody because we feel like they're our best friend. We feel like they can, we can connect with them. We feel a good, a happiness, a joy, a calm, a tranquility, a peace, which can only come in the ultimate sense. It actually comes from the spouse. And so Allah says, And the same word from Sakina, from, from Sukun and Sakina and Sakan, Allah then uses in the purpose of marriage, He says, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا So you can find calmness in her. And you can find calmness in each other. Peace in each other. The world is full of stress. The world's got all kinds of problems. You got money problems at work. You got boss problems. You got, a, you got traffic problems. You live in New Jersey, so you know you got traffic problems. You got all kinds of stresses on you. And the one place where all of your stresses go away is you go to your spouse. You go to your wife, you go to your husband, and all that disappears, لِتَسْكُنُوا ilayha. And because they give you that calmness that cannot come from anywhere else, that's where Allah even adds to that and says, وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً He placed between you extreme love and care, and loving care. And that's something that Allah adds on top of the relationship, but the fundamental relationship is one of sakina. But life is not that simple. Doesn't always work out that way. You thought you're marrying someone that is going to give you sakina, and then when you get in, the only sakina is when you leave the house. And when you come to the house, then you're like, what is this, uh, you know, fadiha? And what is so th there's a, you know, and Allah Azza wa Jal describes, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina kurrata a'yun. That Allah, we, we beg Allah to give us the coolness of our eyes, kurrat a'yun with our spouses and our children. And the, the, even the expression, coolness of the eyes, the Arabs used to use it before the Qur'an, 
قرت عينه and they used to make a dua against someone لما دعا على فلان قال أثخن الله عينه so they used to say قرت عينه is the simple explanation is you know if you go to the airport and some mother is saying goodbye to her son she's crying yes she's saying goodbye to her son and some mother is at arrivals and her son just came and she's also crying so one mother is upstairs in departure terminal crying and the other one is arrival terminal crying but they're different kind of crying one of them is the is the tears of sadness those are the eyes being warm the arab used to say may allah make your eyes warm meaning may allah give you tears of sadness and depression and grief but the other the mother who's hugging her child who just came from the airport and she's crying this is her eyes became cool she's crying but these are tears that are bringing coolness to her heart you understand so we beg, we beg Allah that we want so much happiness from our wife and our husband that it makes us cry with happiness. It makes us cry with joy. That's the dua we make to Allah. But then you have situations where the only time you're crying is when you leave, that cr crying with happiness. And she says, I'm going to my mom's house for a weekend. And you're like, oh my God, that, say that again. It felt really good. You know? And you're... The, the entire purpose, the purpose for which you got married was that you could be at calm. You could find the coolness of your eyes. But again, sometimes for a wife or for a husband, it doesn't work out that way. And that doesn't mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they're no good, they're evil. One of them has to be bad. One of them has to be wrong. You know, in the American... Uh, divorce court system and even in England from the eight, from the 1700s early on a man could not get divorced until he proved that his wife cheated on him he couldn't say I'm, I'm not I'm not at peace I'm not you know we're not good for each other we end up arguing all the time it's just not good for us you want to no, you have to prove that she did something terrible you have to prove it and the woman had to prove that he cheated or he has another wife, and he did some other crime also. He robbed a bank and killed somebody. Because if she, she came and said, well, he's cheating on me, the judge says, and what else you got? Because you know how we have in, uh, in America, when you go to some places, you have to show two forms of ID, right? They're like, you need to show me two crimes before you can uh, let, let go of this husband. That's what they used to have. In American, and by the way, Reagan, I believe it was, in America, and much later on in the UK, it was in the 70s that they, they developed something called no-fault divorce. No-fault divorce means, I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. It's just not good for me. A woman came to the Prophet wasallam, the wife of Thabit ibn Qais. She came to the Rasul wasallam and said, I'm not complaining about his character. I'm not complaining about his religion. He's a good guy. He's a good Muslim, he's got good behavior. But akrahul kufra ba'd al-Islam. But I might fall into kufr after becoming Muslim. She wasn't trying to be open about what she's saying. She's saying, look, staying with him doesn't give me peace. And then the shaitan will come and make me want to find peace somewhere else. And that will be kufr. I don't want to do that. So I'm not saying he's, a, he's an abuser or he's beating me or whatever. I just, I can't stay in this marriage. There's no sakina in it for me. That's what she said, basically. 
And this is the same that applies for men. But now, the, the purpose of my khutbah with you is that Allah actually gave us guidance, detailed guidance, on how to peacefully end a marriage if it needs to end. If it's going to end, it better end the way that it started. Allah starts the marriage, ilayha, doesn't he? Find peace. And then at the end of the marriage, when you're going to let her go, Allah says, Askinuhunna min haythu sakantum min wujdikum. You better let them go by giving them housing peacefully also. And this is what I'm going to focus on. What is, it, what is Allah's instruction on ending the relationship, which is so powerful? By the way, Allah talked about talaq, divorce, and how to do it in more detail than any other law in the entire Qur'an. Any other law. Nothing gets this much detail. Allah talks about it ayah after ayah after ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah. He talks about it again in Surah Al-Nisa. He mentioned it again in Surah Al-Ahzab. And then there's an entire surah dedicated to it, Surah Al-Talaq. Over and over, and Surah Al-Nur has some injunctions in it too. Over and over again. Why? Because human, Allah didn't teach us how to be in a marriage. You can figure that out. You just need the basic guidelines. But how to end a relationship can get messy. Family gets involved. Fights happen. People hate each other. Some people have a lot of anger. Some people, they say, your, your, your wife might tell you, I love you like crazy, but if you ever leave me, I will hate you like crazy too. And so you're just, you're just on a road trip and you've just got the threat of your life. Like, I don't, I don't just want to leave. I want to see you burn. Right? And so there are people that don't just want to end things peacefully. They need revenge. They need to, they find joy in seeing somebody else in pain. And it's not just women who do that. Men can do that too. Men can say, oh, you want to leave, huh? Okay. Well, I'm going to make you feel the pain of leaving me. I want you to feel it before you go. What does Allah do? This is, this is one of the most, to me, one of the most incredible lessons in the Quran because it's not just about divorce. It's not just about divorce. It's actually about our relations with all human beings. I'm going to start by giving you an analogy, which doesn't have anything to do with divorce. I want you to imagine that you got invited for Eid to one of your cousin's houses. Yeah? So you go to their house. And you get along with everybody, but there's one cousin, you hate him. Maybe he cheated your, in the business. Maybe he stole money from you. Maybe he insulted your father. He did something really bad. You hate that guy. If you see him, you're gonna, somebody's going to jail. That's what's going to happen. You're going to beat him up. And you don't know that they invited him also. So you got invited, and the, the one guy that you have, you have a, you know, those tar darts in your home, you got his picture there, and you shoot darts at that face. And that guy was invited too. But you got there a little late, it was Maghrib time, and he's already leading the salah. He's leading your cousin that you hate, tar you know, public enemy number one, leading salah. You joined the salah. And when you join the Salah, you hear him reciting Qur'an, but you hate him. You absolutely hate him, but he's reciting Qur'an. And he says, Allahu Akbar, and he goes into Ruku'ah. Are you going to go into Ruku'ah? Are you going to say, no, no, not for this guy. Uh-uh. Everybody else goes to Ruku'ah. No, I'm not doing it. Nope. You will go in Ruku'ah. He says, Sami'allahu liman hamida. You get up and you say, Rabbana walakal hamd. He goes in Sajda. Allahu Akbar, you go in Sajda. 
He says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. You say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And then after that, you beat him up. But until the salah is over, your personality clash, your animosity, your hatred, your uh, rage, all of that disappeared. Why? Because you had surrendered yourself to Allah. When you are worshipping Allah, it has nothing to do with your cousin. He doesn't exist. You're making salah. And when salah is over, you can go back to that. Now keep that, keep that example in mind. And I'll share something with you from this remarkable ayah. When does somebody want to get divorced? When they have no peace left. They, they can't live with it. They're, they're always fighting. It's always bad. You know? And so, there's no sakina. But when they pronounce divorce, when they say, I divorce you, and the, the analogy here given actually is for all of the mutallaqat and also for the women that are, uh, you know, they're in their hayyub, meaning the three cycle periods, right? If they're pregnant until they give the baby, if they're too old to have a period, then it's three months' time. So all of those conditions involved. Now let's just say it's three months, three periods. You divorce her, Allah first says, you cannot kick them out of your home. Well, first of all, you only got divorced because you cannot live with this woman. And Allah says, you will live with this woman for three months. Ya Allah, I'm doing this because I cannot live with her. And Allah says, but three more months. Okay, fine, I'll live with her three more months, but I don't have to like it. And I'm going to make sure she knows that I don't like it either. So you might accidentally forget to pay the heating bill. The water's too cold. The electricity is not paid. You purposely leave the door open. Oh no, accidentally leave the door open so the house starts freezing. Accidentally you didn't put any gas in her car. It's like, what's going on? And you keep making little, little, little things difficult for her. Oh look, Allah says I have to give her a house. Doesn't say I have to provide five-star accommodations. I don't have to be nice. I wasn't even nice to her when we were married. Now we're getting divorced. Why do I have to be extra nice? <laughs> if there was Sakina to begin with, I would, <laughs> that would have continued. But this is the end. So, you know, I don't want to do this. And maybe, maybe you're nice. Maybe you're nice. But she's mad. What did you say? You want to divorce me? Oh, oh, you thought I was bad. Oh, you haven't seen bad yet. I'm going to show you. In these three months, I'm going to show you how, what bad really looks like. And now a side of her comes out. And anger from her comes out. Ugly words come out. A rage comes out that you've never seen in your entire marriage. And in that time, once you set talaq, those three months or those nine months or whatever that time is, in that time, me as a slave of Allah is the same as the guy who's praying behind his cousin. Whether, you're, whether you hate your cousin or not, in this time, the way you behave towards the woman you're divorcing, whether she's going crazy or not, whether she's raging or not, the way I have to behave towards her, Allah is saying, he starts with askinuhunna, which has the word sakina in it. So it actually means provide them housing, but I would translate this as provide them peaceful, calm housing. You got to stay calm. And you say, yeah, Allah, I couldn't even stay calm when I was married. That's why we're getting divorced. Allah says, yeah, but this, that, one, that was for her. This sakina is for me. 
You're not doing it for her. You're doing it for me. You have to calm yourself down. Then he says, Bin min You have to provide her the same kind of housing that you make for yourself. You like the house to be a certain way. We pick the right neighborhood, we pick the right temperature, we put the right kind of furniture, comforts, right? Our home is our, our palace, and we like things a certain way. And he says, the same way you want to be perfectly comfortable, you like, for example, you like orange juice. You will not, if you really like your orange juice, when you know it's 25%, you already know you're gonna get it before, you, before it runs out. Because you don't want to be in a crisis situation and there's no orange juice. When there's something missing, you're gonna restock. You're gonna put it, because you can't compromise your comfort. Well, if you're gonna provide the same standard for the woman you're divorcing, then if she likes orange juice, and she likes the eggs, you're restocking before it even runs out, before she even has to say anything, because Allah is essentially saying, you're giving her housing and comfort the way you would give to yourself. You're actually serving the, the exact same way you would serve yourself. That is the standard Allah put for such a woman. Askinuhunna min haythu sakantum min wujdikum. Then he says, Wala Don't cause them any hurt. Now you can hurt physically, you can hurt financially. Normally you give, now you're not giving. Normally you spend, now you're not spending. You can hurt by, you know, when people are married, they do things for each other, naturally. Right? Maybe sometimes you do the dishes, sometimes she does the dishes. Maybe sometimes you help with the baby. Sometimes she helps with the baby. Maybe sometimes you get the gas, she gets the gas. It's understood. But now you're like, We're gonna, I don't have to do anything extra. That was when I liked you. Now it's official. I don't like you. It's official. I already said, Talaqtuki. So I don't have to do that. No, no, no. Don't cause any, even the most minor kind of hurt. Not with your words, not with your actions, not with your finances, not allowed. Not allowed. And by the way, if you think about her, this is going to be very hard. Because every time you see her face, you're like, I, I just want to get away from you. I don't want to do more for you. I want to do less for you. But you're not doing it for her. She became invisible like my cousin became invisible when I was praying Salah. I'm not doing it for her. Allah is telling me to do it. Now this is between me and Allah. Different mindset altogether. لا تضاروهن Then he says لتضيقوا عليهن Don't cause any kind of harm that might make them feel uncomfortable. That might make them feel tightness. Allah is going so far as to say I have to now think about not just what I am doing I have to think about how she will feel. Allah is forcing me to think about ضيقي صدرها Myself, I have to think about the discomfort that she will feel inside when I behave. And then comes the next matter. He says, and if they are, when hamlin, and if they're pregnant, then if they are pregnant, then spend on them. وَمَا قَالْ مَا قَيَّدْ كَلَامَهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى بِقَوْلِهِ أَنْفِقُوا عَلَيْهِنَّ بِمَعْرُوفِ كَمَا قَالْ سَابِقًا وَأْتَمِرُوا بَيْنَكُمْ فِيمَا بَعْدْ وَأْتَمِرُوا بَيْنَكُمْ بِمَعْرُوفِ أو أمسكوهن بمعروف أو فارقوهن بمعروف 
ولكن هنا ما قال سبحانه وتعالى أنفقوا عليهن بمعروف ولكنه قال أنفقوا عليهن إلى ما يدل ذلك إلى التوسع في المفهوم إلى الوسعة في الإنفاق الله عز وجل says spend on them he doesn't say spend just enough on them spend adequately on them he just says spend on them what does that mean man when you say man he spends on his wife this guy spends on his kids what does that mean spends a little bit he gives them 50 cents a month what does that mean that means he open-handed he lets loose he's not tight-fisted with the budget he's generous when he gives if they are pregnant then spend why why should you become extra generous if she's pregnant here you are thinking man I want to get rid of this woman what you're pregnant oh my god it's complicating things and Allah is saying a life that is a ni'mah from Allah has come into your qadr your risk you will show gratitude to Allah by being more generous than you were before so your relationship with her is not even the issue anymore. Now you're showing gratitude to Allah. And by the way, when you're spending on her, her food, her clothing, her warmth, her health, when you're spending her on her comfort, aren't you automatically spending on the baby? When she's eating good food, who's also eating good food? The baby. When she's warm, who's also warm? The baby, when she's protected from sickness, the baby's protected from sickness. When she's saved from anxiety, the baby's saved from anxiety. Isn't that the case? So you're actually now, Allah even didn't even describe them as hamilat. He said, ulati hamil, carriers of a burden. Like the focus, rakkaz ala al-hamil fil kalam. So he brought the attention to the pregnancy. He said, just could be considerate to the baby until they give birth to the child. Now once they give birth to the child, then Allah says, فَإِنْ أَرْضَعْنَا لَكُمْ He could have said, كَانَ مِنَ الْمُمْكِنَ أَنْ يُقَالَ فَإِنْ أَرْضَعْنَا أَوْلَادَهُنَّ If they feed their baby, if they feed their baby, قال, إِنْ أَرْضَعْنَا لَكُمْ If they feed the baby for you men, Allah is teaching us something very powerful in this ayah. He's teaching us that the moment a baby is born, the full 100% responsibility of the child's health, of the child's finances, of the child's housing, everything related to the child that involves responsibility, 100% first goes to the man. Man's responsibility. Man's expense. If the mother, the, the, obviously the, when a baby is born, a dad can't feed the child. The mother has to breastfeed the child. If they're going to feed the child, they're providing you a service. You see, when you were married, you were a team. So she's not doing you a favor because you're a team. But if you're divorced, the moment she gives birth, she's, she owes you zero, nothing. The moment the, the, the delivery happens, the relationship is officially over. So now if she's feeding the baby, she's actually doing something for you, the man. So Allah says, Now he didn't say spend on them. Spend on them means they're your responsibility. While she was pregnant, she was your responsibility. Now he says, Give them their salaries. Give them their paycheck. Give them their compensation. 
Why? Because now this is a service she is provi providing to benefit you. She doesn't owe you that. So she's going to pay you for her, you're going to have to pay her for her time, the, the milk that she's feeding, the fact that she might be getting work somewhere else or do we be doing something else with her time. She's not doing that for you. So you, you've got to come. And then the question becomes, how much should I pay her? Ya Allah, is there a minimum wage law in the Quran? Or is there some, I mean, $3, $5, what are we talking about here? Allah says, وَأْتَمِرُوا بَيْنَكُمْ بِمَعْرُوفِ You need to come to a decision together in a dignified way about how much the payment should be. You need to work that out with each other. You see, this is a person, you're not, you don't want to spend your life with this person. But at every step, Allah is telling you to be extremely, extremely, extremely courteous and fair with this person. Isn't he? Extremely kind and courteous with this person. And all of this instruction is to the men. He didn't say anything to the women. And some of you brothers can say, bro, I went through a divorce, man. She was crazy. She did this, 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 and this. Oh, but what does Allah say about that? What she did. Allah is telling me what I should do. He should tell her what she should do too. Is there any ayah where Allah says she should calm down a little bit? She should not do this. Is there anything like that? Because you know, she just went psycho. Nope. I can't give you anything. And I have some thoughts on why. It's because in these months, when she's been divorced, the divorce is not final yet. He could take her back. And depending on her behavior, either he will say, I was wrong. She's a good woman. I hurt her feelings by divorcing her, and she's still acting in this dignified, honorable way, and your heart will become soft towards her. And you'll want to make it work. But if her worst behavior comes out in this time, what's a man going to look at and say, Ya Allah, thank you. That was the right call. Whew. Now I know what she's really like. In other words, the man is being tested with his best behavior from instruction from Allah. And the woman is being tested as if Allah says, let's see what you do. Let's see what you do. Because their behavior will determine whether they're going to get back together or it's going to be over forever. Because the, the man's behavior has been dictated by Allah and the woman is being told, let's see how you behave, basically. Come up to a negotiation among yourselves. Now, for example, a woman says, no, we're not married anymore. I'm not going to feed your baby. I know it's my baby too, but since we're divorced, it's your responsibility. And he looks like you, I hate that. I don't want to look at him all day. I don't want to feed your child. Let's say a woman says that. Anybody here would say, astaghfirullah, what kind of woman is this? She's not feeding her child. What kind, you know, inna lillahi wa inna rajiun. What happened to mothers nowadays? 2024. What does Allah, Allah do in the Quran? He says, wa in And if you find difficulty, she's not agreeing, or you're not agreeing, or it's too expensive for you, or it's too little for her, or she says, no, I, I, I'm moving on with my life, or whatever. You're not able to agree because you cannot force her. You can't force her. Allah says, Then somebody else will have to feed her. But Allah didn't, Allah didn't, instruct or humiliate or condemn or lecture even that woman he did it he didn't tell her how could you not feed your own baby he didn't say that to her he just said to the man by the way if you can't get her to do it then find somebody else to do it who you can afford 
And the next ayah is about your people who can have more money should be more generous, and people who have less money, they should do whatever they can from whatever Allah gave them. That's the instruction of Allah. Now, what do we learn from all of that? And I've taken over my time. I'll just take one more minute. What we learn from all of that is it's not just about divorce. Sometimes you have to deal with people you don't like them. You have to deal with a, a neighbor you don't like them. You know, sometimes it's a parent you don't like your parents. Sometimes your mom just drives you crazy. She's your mom. You're supposed to, you can't, you have to be the best to her, but you can't force yourself to like how she talks to you. You know? So sometimes in our life, we have to deal with people whose behavior we don't like. But Allah has given those people rights. In His book, Allah has given them rights. So we have to crush our feelings, and we, we don't have to change our feelings, but we do have to change our behavior. So you don't have to like someone to be good to them. You don't have to love someone to take care of them. The man's letting go of his wife, he's still taking care of her, still giving her sakina, still being generous, isn't he? So Allah is separating our feelings from our behavior. This is, listen again, especially the young men and women in this audience. Allah is separating your feelings from your behavior. How you feel towards someone will not dictate how you behave towards someone. How you behave towards someone will be dictated by Allah. How you feel towards someone, you have the right to feel. Your feelings are your feelings. Your behaviors are guided by Allah. We're living in a time now in, in TikTok therapy world where your behavior is being dictated by your feelings. Do what you feel. Do, live your truth. Your hawa is your God. Your feelings are your God. Your anger is dictating you. I'm traumatized, that's why I act this way. You did this, that's why I'm acting this way. Feelings, feelings, feelings. Behavior, behavior, behavior. Allah separates between those two. And that is the test of taqwa in this surah. That's the test of Who will actually separate their feelings from their behavior, keeping Allah in mind. Because without Allah in mind, you can't do it. It's impossible. Without Allah in the equation, you will always let your feelings determine your behavior. Always. And so Allah says at the end of these ayat, Allah will make ease after he made difficulty. Or after there was difficulty. Allah will create some ease for you. May Allah bring ease in all of our lives and teach and give us the strength of taqwa that we can separate our behavior from our emotions. Barakallahu li wa lakum fi Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa khususan ala akwalihim wa khatabin nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Qala Allahu Azza wa Jal fi kitabihi kareem ba'da an aqula a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabiyyin ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ala Muhammad kama sallayka ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidu majid Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin wa ala ala Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidu majid ibadallah rahimakumullah ittaqullah inna allaha ya'muru bil adli wal ihsan wa ita'i dil qurba wa yanha 'anil fahsha'i wal munkar wa la dhikrullahi akbar wallahu ya'lamu ma tasna'un aqimis salah inna salata kanat 'alal mu'minina kitaban mawqita Allahu akbar Allahu akbar ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah ashhadu anna Muhammadar rasulullah hayya 'alas salati hayya 'alal falah 
قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين يا سعبدوا ربكم الذي خلقكم والذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون الذي جعل لكم الأرض فراشا والسماء بناء وأنزل من السماء وأنزل من السماء ماء فأخرج به من الثمرات رزقا لكم فلا تجعلوا لله أندادا وأنتم تعلمون وإن كنتم في ريب مما نزلنا على عبدنا فأتوا بسورة من مثله وادعوا شهداءكم من دون الله إن كنتم صادقين فإن لم تفعلوا ولن تفعلوا فاتقوا النار التي وقودها الناس والحجارة أعدت للكافرين وبشر الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات أن لهم جنات أن لهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار كلما رزقوا منها كلما رزقوا منها من ثمرة رزقا قالوا هذا الذي رزقنا من قبل وأتوا به متشابها ولهم فيها أزواج مطهرة وهم فيها خالدون الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر 
Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين زين للناس حب الشهوات من النساء والبنين والقناطير المقنطرة من الذهب والفضة والخيل المسومة والأنعام والحرث ذلك متاع الحياة الدنيا والله عنده حسن المآب قل أأنبئكم بخير من ذلكم للذين اتقوا عند ربهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين خالدين فيها وأزواج مطهرة ورضوان من الله والله بصير بالعباد الذين يقولون ربنا إننا آمنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وقنا عذاب النار الصابرين والصادقين والقانتين والمنفقين والمنفقين والمستغفرين بالأسحار شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.